beautiful song. May God bless you. Uh, you wonder why I'm here this Sunday, though Dean's name is on the bulletin. But uh, I mentioned in my preaching last week that I have, uh, will continue what we started last week sometime, but uh, some of the men, and God bless them, they said, uh, no, you have to continue this Sunday. Okay. I said, this Sunday we should continue. And Dean was very courteous and nice. He will uh, give us a message next week. Uh, last week, those were here, and I'm really, really uh, surprised that you came back after last week's message. <laughs> you came back. Okay, we're going to have another, uh, another Sunday, hopefully, like last. Uh, but, you know, it's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. We do not preach ourselves, as Paul said, but we preach Jesus Christ. And him crucified. And the word of God. Says. For the word of God. Is living. And active. And sharper than a two edged sword. If uh, Ed would like. To know what it is. It's Hebrews 6.12 Ed. So they can read it. And it's piercing as far as the division. Of soul and spirit. Of both joints. And marrow. And able to judge the thoughts of and intentions of each and every heart. That's the word of God. And when we speak the word of God. And if it touches you. Great. If it convicts you. Say Lord what do you want from me? And if it speaks to your heart. Be obedient to it. We should all be obedient to the word of God. Amen. Last week God's message was. To lay aside the weight of mediocrity and self-satisfaction. I sure hope that you were challenged by this word. And uh, this week, by the grace of God, we, with open and obedient hearts, together we are going to look at, again, what God wants us to lay aside. Lay aside the sin of unforgiving spirit. The sin of unforgiving spirit. This is, uh, you say it's a weight. Of course it's a weight. Is it a sin? Definitely a grave sin. Not only a sin, a grave sin. And we should lay it aside. You know, athletes lay aside all the weights. And hindrances that would prevent them from achieving their objectives. There is a very important thing that as disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ, we must lay aside if we are to achieve our destiny or our goals. These weights may be sinful, and sometimes you say they are not. They are legitimate Activities, like any other activities, they might not be, as I said, harmful within themselves, but must be given up. You know why? If we are to give ourselves unreservedly to the work 
of the Lord our Savior. If they do not bring glory to our Lord, lay them aside. We cannot go into the arena carrying any weight. This Sunday we have our local team is playing and they have a tough game, the 49ers. And hopefully we're all behind them because we want them to win. Okay. And as the church of God, as people of God who have objectives, we are in the arena, we are playing to win. We are running to win. We are not running to lose. Put that in your... If, if the players that go down to that today playground and they are not all one-hearted, they are not going to win the game. If they have any weights on their hearts, if they have any problems in their life, they are not going to win the game. They cannot concentrate. So in order to concentrate and win the game, they have to be all one-hearted with one objective, is to reach the goal line. Are we going to reach the goal line altogether? Amen. Our goal line is heaven. And to win, not to lose at all. It is said, and Dean can correct me as usual, that the runners stripped down to a mere light shirt and shorts. You used to run, Dean, and you have many trophies. And where the lightest choose to run their course, he took it out of my mouth, he should preach here. Okay? And they have, should have the lightest to win, the, and they have to strive to win the race. They have to strive. Dr. Ironside said, A weight is not in itself a sin. It's simply a hindrance. Something that impedes the racer. If we were to outrun sin, we must not be loaded down with needless weights. Each knows for himself what these hindrances are. And I hope through the word of God today, you look deep down into your heart. And what is hindering you from running the race? And then if you call, if you call that weights, fine. But there are sins that hinder also. And I'm talking about the greatest sin is the sin of unforgiving spirit. We who would outrun sin must not be loaded down with needless weights. Let's throw everything aside. Everything aside. This is a deadly sin. Okay, the subject. This is a grave sin, the unforgiving spirit. And you know, it's prevalent in the world today. And when someone has a disagreement with someone, and there's the shouting, and words are said, and so on. And you know what it, what happens most? Around the holidays. And the holidays are coming. And you know the biggest, the biggest fights happen after Thanksgiving meal. There are statistics. <laughs> after the wine and after everything and start and so on. And they do not forgive each other. 
and mostly families. And when you start to talk to them, well, let them come to me first. Huh? <laughs> You've been there, right? I'm not going to talk to them. Let them come to me first. And we, we carry this in our hearts. For how long? Until maybe next Thanksgiving. <laughs> and maybe more. And maybe more. And we live with it. This is, this is, ah, uh, this is sad. This is sad. Jesus warned his disciples that they must forgive 70 times 7. You know, in uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 4, when uh, Peter asked the Lord, he said, Seven times. And Peter thought seven times a day to forgive is too much, you know. And who's going to sin seven days? So another question was asked in Matthew 18, 21 and 22. He asked him, how many? Again, say it again. Okay. He said, Peter, 70 times seven. He said, 70 times seven? Seventy times seven. If God is asking us to forgive seventy times seven during a short period like a day, how much should we be able to forgive anyone who sins against us and forget it and forgive them immediately and go to them and Correct the situation and do not let the sun set on your anger. It's a commandment. It's a commandment. Ill feelings are the results of an unforgiving spirit. And the ill feelings brings... Something else brings anger. You know, we read in the Bible, and this man begets this and begets that. They beget. They, they just multiply, one after the other. And then, anger brings a poisonous spirit to destroy and dries the bones. And how can we run? If we have such a great weight of sin in our lives. I'm talking to believers. I'm talking to members of the church. And today, churches all over the world. All over. Now they have a remedy for sin. They, they, call, them, they call them weaknesses. Okay, they want to ease your conscience. Or oh, he fell into a weakness. No. When we carry a grudge in our hearts. We are falling into sin. That's what the word of God says. And if the word of God is like a, as we said, like a sword that is cutting the way it moves. Say, Lord, cut more. Cut more. Any branch that you don't like, any dead branch, any sin, cut it more. And don't say, Adel is talking to me. Believe, Believe me, I'm talking to myself. This message has worked in my life. I am delivering it from heart, from my heart to your hearts. I'm not talking, I'm talking to the 
church in general. And today, we have what we did with sin. We have just covered sin completely. And sin is covered, and it's no more called sin. Oh, they have some weaknesses. That's okay. You might forget about it. How about confessing the sin? How about calling it, calling a spade a spade, Dean? Huh? How about facing the real thing? And this is what we need to do. Bitterness is again, comes in, and it robs the person from any feeling of God's love. And you know what's the end of that person? When it grows and continues to grow and multiplies day after day, the end is disastrous. It's disastrous. How many times you met people, they are angry. They don't come to church because they are angry. They cannot deal with people because they are, they are angry. And the Lord tells us, put your anger aside. Don't let the sun set. How can they live year after year after year? And they are angry. Angry. I don't understand it. It's going against the word of God. And we cannot. If you want to run and run to win, you cannot carry this sin or this weight, if you want to call it weight. It is a weight, by the way, and it is a sin in the eyes of God. And what will happen? What will happen is a disaster. One, one day, a pastor in a church was really heavy-hearted about some unforgiveness that happens in church. And he was talking to his friend. His friend was a godly man, but he is a bear hunter. Well, now, bear with me. This, you will say, Edel, what's the connection with bears and the connection with, with, with this uh, sin of unforgiveness? Let's see what's the end of it. So the hunter said, you know, what you need to know is you need to tell them this story. I said, what story? I'm asking you to help me. He said, I want to tell you, I'm a hunter. I'm a hunter. And we go to, to the uh, snow uh, peaks and we, went, we go to um, Alaska and to hunt bears. I said, what do you do? He says, let me tell you what we do. We have knives. I get my knife, a long knife. I put blood all over it and freeze it. Then when it's frozen, another paint, another blood, uh, until the, the knife, the blade, is totally com blood, completely covered. And then we plant it in the snow. The handle in the snow and the blade is above the snow. And then the bears come. We don't shoot the bears at all. They come and they smell the blood. And they start licking the knife. And when they taste the blood, once they taste the blood, they start licking and then they open their mouth and take the, blood, the, the, the blade in their, in their mouth. And they start there licking and chewing, chewing the blade. And the blade starts chewing their mouth. And start cutting their teeth and their tongue and their throat. And they taste their blood and they start sucking their own blood. And they start drinking their own blood. And suddenly after like 15 minutes, what happens is they collapse and die. Because they are filled with their own blood. with their own, And the blood becomes poisonous in their lives. 
He said, did I answer your question? He said, you answered my question. When we, when we feed on poison, when we feed on anger, when we feed on unforgiveness, it's exactly like feeding our own blood and it's poison to our souls. And he said, we don't even shoot one bullet toward him. Then we carry him and put him aside and plant another one. And they come. They drink their own blood until they're dead. Now you know how to hunt bears. Now you know what happens when we keep a certain sin in our life. And the sin, especially the sin of unforgiveness. The Lord warned us against it. Because it can destroy the person and drains him or her from any sense of spirituality. In addition, in addition, hostile feelings cause more injury to both parties. One cannot turn the race like this. And the team will be affected. And the team will not be able to win the race unless every person in his position, in her position, is running the same pace and doing the same thing and looking for the same objective. Later on, such persons are found on the wayside. As we said last week, they are not playing with the team. They are not running the race. They are not there to celebrate the victory. They are on the side of their partners and teammates. These people, I say and ask, what are they waiting for? What are they waiting for? Are they waiting for, to be, for God to... Uh, come down from heaven and tell them this is a sin, or God to deal with them, or God to uh, give, give them a, an earthquake in their lives to wake up, their wake-up call. That reminds me of uh, a family had three children, three boys, three boys, and day and night they fight, the three boys. They are beautiful boys, well brought up, but you know boys are boys. If you have boys, they start fighting with each other from the very beginning. And then, and then they call each other's names, and know, they are between the age of three and seven. And finally, uh, at night, they put them to bed, and they're still from their bed, they call themselves, and you know, and you know how it is. So on a stormy night, they put them to bed. And the weather was very, very bad. And they started hearing the thunder. And the thunder was louder and louder, and so on. The mother and father, parents went upstairs, and they wanted to check on them. Said, we want to see the kids, whether they are afraid. The three beds were empty. The three beds were empty. The rooms were empty. And they called them by name, where are you? And they heard, they heard three voices together. We're here behind the closet, covered with bed covers. And where are you? Then they found them under the bed cover. I said, where are you? We are here making up. 
Do you need some funders to make up? Do you need some uh, earthquake? We're making up. Thank God for kids. They make up quickly. Thank God for that. You've heard excuses. I'll never forgive him. I'll. I'll never forgive him. I'll never forgive her. Or yes, I will, I will forgive, but I will never forget what they did to me. Did you, you hear about that? I'm hurt by such and such. And it's not easy to forgive. And some settle for half forgiveness. And some settle for limited forgiveness. You know, if you find it in the Bible, where the Lord says, forgive each other, I have forgiven, for, uh, as I forgave you, halfway, I will, I will subscribe to it. Did you ever hear in the Bible that you have a limited forgiveness? Can you imagine if Jesus Christ forgave us with limits on our lives? I forgive you on 90% and the 10% you have to go correct them. Guess what? That 10% will become 100% in one day. We cannot be trusted. Limited forgiveness. A pastor visited a man who had been active in the church. Listen to this. But due to a dispute with a fellow member, it happens in the churches, believe me. They knocked on my door and came to talk to me about it. Not in our church, thank God. So far, no one knocked on my door at all. And keep it this way. I don't want to hear any knocks. And you don't want to have that because we know, we know that we forgive like Jesus forgave us. So he stopped attending the church. The pastor went and visited him and reasoned with him at length about the need for forgiveness. And he showed him the danger of maintaining this spirit, an unforgiven spirit, toward the other brother. The pastor asked him, he says, you should put this aside. The church has nothing to do with it. This is a personal matter. You should come to church. He said, yes, I should come to church. And reluctantly he agreed. And he said that he would come to church. They knelt together. They prayed together. And the pastor said, goodbye. I thank you very much for your obedient spirit. And he was walking to his car. And the man followed him to his car. He said, Pastor, I want to make sure you understand. Now, I'll forgive him. But I want, all I want is for him to stay on his side of the road and I'll stay on mine. Can we run the race this way? Can we finish the race this way? We cannot live with such a solution as children of God. It's the world's solution. It's done in the world. And they call this peace. It's the world's way. It's not God's way. And it leads to more frustration and broken fellowship with God, eventually with his people. 
The unforgiven spirit must be eradicated, period. Not to deal with it, eradication. Take it, lay it aside, wash it with the blood of Jesus Christ, forget it, and never look back, case is closed. What you need to do, do it, and do it in such a spirit. And don't wait for the other to come to you. The other party is not going to come to you. He comes first. Or she comes first. Go first. Jesus came first to us. We were the sinners. He came from heaven. It was a longer way for him to come. He came from heaven. And came and lived like us. And forgave us our sins. And he said, if your sins were as crimson, I will wash it and it will be white as snow. He took the lead and take the lead and show that you are godly. And I hope there is nothing like this, but this is the message on our heart. We need to run clean. We need to run light. We need, we need to win and we need to win the race. We are not here to be losers. We are not here to go every day, every Sunday and play the game and run and say, well, one of these days we lost again. Sin makes us lose. Sin is a loser. Get rid of it. Especially the sin of unforgiveness. And there are other sins in our life. I don't know about it, but unforgiveness has wrecked churches, has wrecked homes, has wrecked families and let's not have anything to do with that, but wash ourselves with the blood of Jesus Christ. You know what the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, and listen to it. We studied that last year. Let all bitterness, where, where does it come from? Unforgiveness. And wrath and anger be put away from you. And be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. That's what we need to do all the time, to be children of God and messengers and ambassadors for Christ. And put everything at the Savior's feet. He promised to give the victory, and I guarantee you one million percent, when you show that spirit yourself, the victory is yours. You'll become a new woman and a new man in life. And guess what? Go forward. There will not, nothing should hinder you. Nothing should hinder you when you obey the word of God. When you do what God tells you to do. When you are willing in your heart to say, Lord, you lead me. And you will be a winner. And you will accomplish what we need to accomplish. And by, as we read last week, by patience and endurance, we shall win the race. You might not see immediate change or good results. Doesn't matter as long as you are clean with God and walking the right way. Do not worry about the consequences. He takes care of them.
when you do things and then close the subject behind you. We are called to win, Christians. Very soon I will end up. No matter what comes, please lay aside any sin there and look to the one who never gave up and won it all for us. Did he win? They tell you, give up. Give up. The Bible says, do not lose heart. And keep on going. Don't look back. Don't look at your past sins. They're under the blood. And you know what the Bible says. Every sin that is confessed. Every sin that Jesus forgave. He says, and your sins... Or iniquities. I will remember no more. Try to remember. To remind him. You know, excuse me. One thing the Lord cannot remember. Are your forgiven sins. You come to him. Excuse me. Would you explain? That's strange. It's no, no more. And if. Come, if the devil comes and whispers, don't waste your time. It's hard. It's bigger than you. You know what to answer. My God is bigger. Our God is bigger. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Get over this. Get over this and get down and run the race. Someone asked, James J. Corbett, at that time heavyweight champion of the world. What was the most important thing a man must do to become a champion? You know, he answered in four words. Fight one more round. Fight one more round. The Duke of Wellington said to the British soldiers at the Battle of Waterloo, if you, you studied it uh, in history class, I did. <clears throat> were not any braver than Napoleon's soldiers. But they were brave for five minutes longer. That is about it for the Christian person. The secret for success is fight one more round. Be brave for five minutes more. It's the difference between defeat and victory in the race. Are we to give up? No. We are to leave our sins behind. Lay them down. It's only a while, dear Christians, and the Lord is coming back. Right? Meanwhile, we are at war against the world forces of this dark world. We are at war with our foe, the devil. But the end is near. And our victory has been won. The only thing is, let's continue the race. Let's continue the race. Let's lay aside this sin of unforgiven spirit. Unforgiven spirit. And put on the armor of light. Yes, there are temptations. Yes, are disappointments to handle. 
personal sins to overcome, hindrances to put down and lay aside, burdens sometimes depress us, and Satan is standing by urging that we quit trying, leave the game, quit the race, try another team, change churches. You know what? You're taking yourself with you if you go to any church in the world. And that sin that is in your heart, if you take it to the church of God in heaven, it's going to be with you. It's not the church, it's us individually. Allow me to say that. Let's cleanse our life. Let God cleanse our life. Let's put everything aside. Change the environment. If you go even to paradise, the environment is not going to help you unless you lay that sin aside, bow down before Jesus Christ and ask Him to forgive you. We need forgiveness. We need forgiveness from any sin and any weight and that weight. Let Him roar, the adversary. Let Him pound on you. We will not retreat. We will not give up. We will fight one more round. And we will go forward until we reach the goal line. Amen? We will do that. One of President Lincoln's friends, I end up with that, wrote about him. He said, his heart was as great as the world, but there was no room in it for the memory of a wrong. Did you hear that? I repeat it. His heart was a great, as great as the world. But there was no room in it for the memory of a wrong. He could not remember a wrong in his heart. He said, I have no place for that. Once he was asked how he was going to treat the rebellious southerners. If you're a southerner, I apologize. The rebellious southerner, we're all one. Okay, when they had finally been defeated and returned to the Union of the United States, the questioner expected that Lincoln would take a dire vengeance, but he answered. Listen to that, the man of God, our, the best president that the world has ever seen. He answered, I will treat them as if they had never been away. Is that a forgiving heart? This man was a winner, wouldn't you say? When you say he won the race and no one could outrun him. No one. And we have the greatest example in the Lord Jesus Christ. Even when he was being crucified. He said, forgive them, Lord. For they don't know what they're doing. Laid aside. The witnesses are around us. Our fans are clapping. And they say, one more round. One more round. One more run. Five minutes more. You're almost at the finish line. The trumpet will sound soon. We're there. We're there. Don't give up. Don't give up. And I assure you, Let's listen to the words he says. Let us not 
lose heart. Amen. I leave you the word. Let us not lose heart. Let's repent now, not tomorrow. If there is any sin to confess, confess it now in your heart. And if there's someone who needs to confess his sin and become part of the team, come to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I confess my sins, save me, and I won't be on your team. I don't want to be on the other team. I want to be with you. I want to run the race. It's only few minutes more, and we shall hear the trumpet's sound. We shall reach the gold line altogether. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Father, we thank you for having mercy on us. Your word that speaks to our hearts. And you know our hearts, all of us, Lord. Help us, cleanse us. Bring us closer to you. Let us lay aside any hindrance, any sin, any habit, anything that we even, even it's not considered uh, something. We don't want to be hindered in any way, form, or shape. We want to serve you. We want to honor you. We want to live for you. And we want to continue the race until you come. Dismiss us, we pray. And bless your congregation. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen.